Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week John Washington. John Washington is a writer and a translator based in Arizona. His most recent translation, A History of Violence About Central American Politics, was published by Verso Books in 2016. He writes regularly for The Nation and for In These Times, and he has some recent articles I highly recommend at The Nation uh, and a public call together with The Nation on an important topic. Uh, the U.S. agency known as U.S. Customs and Border Protection, and we will find out more about this agency. John Washington, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. So, so what is the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, and who is it protecting from what? Huh. Well, uh, that is the parent agency of the Border Patrol and also the, the, the border agents who are working at the ports of entry. And uh, they are, are, are charged with, um, you know, enforcing uh, the border. And that is that gets complicated real quick, though, because uh, the border actually extends quite a bit into the interior of the country. Um, legally, there is a 100-mile zone, which... In, within which they can um, that they have jurisdiction, and when you go 100 miles within any uh, international boundary, including a maritime boundary in the United States, you actually cover uh, two thirds of the population of the entire country. So um, they, uh, you know, interdict uh, uh, drugs and people who are trying to get into the country, and um, they also um, do a lot of things that we're we're not exactly sure on how they're operating. They have a massive surveillance operation. They use drones. They use blimps. They use cameras. They run um, at least 100 interior checkpoints. So those are those are not actual um, border crossings, but uh, within the United States, they run checkpoints and they check people's documents or um, try to uh, determine their citizenship or search for drugs or um, do do all sorts of things uh, at these checkpoints as well. Um, and a lot of the people that they're actually targeting uh, end up being U.S. citizens. Uh, so, you know, this is just a, a couple brief examples of, of what they're doing or, um, what, or where they're working. Um, but the, sort of the larger point that I'm making in this article is that there's a lot that we do not know about what they do. And that's why uh, I'm making this public call and the nation making this public call to get more information. Uh, and, and the way that we're doing this is a little bit unorthodox. Uh, we're making a call for a whistleblower. And, and that's because we, and I include myself, I include a lot of the other journalists who've been writing about the Border Patrol or Homeland Security for a lot longer than I have, have tried to go through the proper channels, have gone to these agencies and asked them for information about how they use uh, lethal force, when they use lethal, lethal force, how they discipline their agents, um, who they're targeting, how they're targeting them, what they do with the surveillance data that they collect. And um, usually the answer is, um, is vague, or sometimes there is no answer. Uh, then the next step is to go and file information requests. And this is something that I and many other journalists have done. And you try to uh, ask for, uh, you know, you, you make a FOIA request and you ask for this information in a, a, a slightly different way, and a lot of those FOIA requests are denied or uh, come back 
too heavily redacted to make any sense out of. And as this agency continues to grow, as more money is poured into it, as uh, not just money, but also this, this nationalistic rhetoric, this, uh, this cry to defend the borders, to enhance immigration enforcement, to throw more technology at the border, um, as all this is happening, we're still not learning enough about what this agency does. And so this unorthodox step that I mentioned is actually calling for whistleblowers. I think that there's, we, we've exhausted our usual means to try to get information, and at this point we need to take this extra step and say, okay, if officially they're not going to give us this information, how about the individual agents, the individual officials, even the, the uh, high-acting uh, officials, need to understand that we're not having an informed democratic conversation and they need to start informing the American public. And, and this agency that we're talking about is not exactly small, is it? I mean, it's part no. of the so-called Homeland Security, if I'm not mistaken. Right. But you, you write that its budget is bigger than the FBI, DEA, and AFT, uh, so-called fe federal law enforcement uh, agencies combined. Uh, and it's, uh, what, 62,000 agents and Trump wants 5,000 more? Uh, this is air airplanes, yeah. drones, uh, helicopters. Uh, yep. how, how massive uh, is this agency that we aren't allowed to know about? Right. Well, it's, it's actually one of the largest law enforcement agencies in the world. Uh, there are, you mentioned there's over 60,000 uh, total agents, 44,000 of those are armed agents. And this is, I'm just talking about the, again, the CDP. This is not including ICE. Those are the Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents who conduct interior immigration enforcement. Um, those are the people who do raids, neighborhood raids, and things like that. That is a separate agency, also under Homeland Security. But right now I'm focusing uh, specifically on CBP, and those are the people um, at or near the border. And increasingly, uh, and this is one of the issues and one of the things that we need more clarity on, away from the border, I already mentioned this 100-mile zone, but another instance I mentioned in this article is that uh, the Border Patrol has lent out its drones for use in interior police enforcement, not immigration enforcement, pol police enforcement. And they're also um, increasingly expanding outside of the United States. So there are CBP officers in Mexico, in Central America, in the Middle East. Um, they're lending their expertise or their strategies to countries around the world. And um, the, you know, the Middle those East... Are our the Middle East doesn't Correct. share very many borders with the United States, does it? No, it doesn't. But, um, you know, the United States has been pumping a lot of money. I don't have the, the exact stat on me right here. Um, into, for example, the border between Jordan and Syria. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a whopping number. I think it's something over $100 million. You, you should check me on that. But it's, it's a huge number. And the idea is this, like, stricter enforcement of, of international boundaries of barriers is going to somehow keep us safe. But, but, but the U.S. We, Customs and Border Protection is protecting a border be, uh, within the Middle East? In, correct, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the border agents have been sent to Iraq, um, as another example, in the Middle East. Uh, also, I mentioned already uh, Jordan to, to defend the border between Jordan and Syria. Also, in, a, in Central America uh, and in southern Mexico. And, you know, what, what the idea here is to, um, that you're going to stop people from 
crossing these boundaries without papers who potentially could do us some harm. But, the you know, I, I think it's, it's suspect that that idea, especially when you look at uh, these international boundaries. But let's just take an easier example that's a little bit, uh, un- like a little bit more uh, simple to understand. Um, so Department of Homeland Security is, is charged with protecting us from terrorism. I mean, this was an agency that started after 9-11. But there have been zero known terrorist uh, uh, attackers that have crossed the U.S.-Mexico border. And yet we spend at least $13 billion, $13 billion a year just on CBP. In the last 10 years, the, the number is about $170 billion that we've spent on border and immigration enforcement. That's $170 billion on border and immigration enforcement. Um, and to, to what? You know, we haven't stopped that, that terrorist. That terrorist isn't actually crossing to the, through the U.S.-Mexico boundary. So, you know, what is the money being spent on? Why are we building up this enormous infrastructure? And it, it's not just about the wall. There's a lot, so much talk about the wall right now. But it's about the number of agents. It's about um, the technologies that they're using. They're building a virtual wall. And, and I think it's important to make clear, too, is this isn't a new thing. So Trump wants to add 5,000 new Border Patrol agents. Obama added almost that. He added 4,000, 4-plus thousand Border Patrol agents. This is something that's been going on for quite a long time, and it's bipartisan. It, it's, a, it's a popular, um, politically useful thing in, there, in, in politicians' eyes to throw money at border security. But yeah. we're not seeing its, its effect on keeping Americans safe, one. And the, what we are seeing its effect on is terrorizing communities along the border. Um, they, I, I mentioned before those interior checkpoints, and also terrorizing the people who are crossing the border. So the, the, the number of abuses and the, the variety of abuses that have been affected on these people by border agents is is overwhelming and it's really disturbing and and you know it's it's something that another point that we don't know um, enough about we don't know really what's going on in the field um, this is different than other kinds of law enforcement we're not in a city where people can reach in to their pocket and pull out a camera phone and start recording uh, we're often talking about events that are taking place in remote desert land and the stories that we're hearing from these places as I said before, they're disturbing. They're, they're people who are being beaten, abused, shot, etc. And um, you know, I'm not saying that that happens every time that there's a, an interdiction in the desert, but it happens enough that it's formed a pattern, and we're not able to get enough information about what really is going on, how much it's going on, and, and then what happens after it goes on, what happens to these agents, how they're disciplined, uh, etc. Yeah, John Washington, one of your articles in The Nation magazine uh, suggests, as you say, that uh, that we know very little what the Customs and right. Border Patrol does, uh, Border Protection uh, Agency does, yet you write that we know, uh, and I'll give just a very partial list of what you put there, they've abducted and raped, they've destroyed water supplies that were left for migrants, they've chased people off cliffs, they've run people over with vehicles, beat a man to death in handcuffs, destroyed protected natural environments, set dogs on people, urinated on people's belongings, separated children from parents. I mean, isn't that enough 
uh, to, to know that there is an extreme problem uh, that demands accountability and reform? I mean, isn't that sufficient? You would think so. You would. But, you know, there, there is still a lot we don't know. You know, a, a lot of the, that list that you read off, those are, those are singular events. And, and that's the way that a lot of times the Border Patrol or CBP has excused themselves. These are rogue agents. This does not re- represent official policy. And, you know, I think that it's happening frequently enough that we don't know if that's true. We don't know if we can, we can't accept that answer anymore. Um, I, I can give you a couple other examples of, of how not, not just um, uh, individual actions or individual events, but how there's broader problems. Um, there was a, a uh, you know, the, every year they released the use of lethal force reports. Yeah. And in 2016, um, they counted up the, the number of times that agents used lethal force in the El Paso sector. And they didn't mention one of the instances in which a Border Patrol agent shot and killed somebody in El Paso, in the city of El Paso. And uh, a Los Angeles Times reporter was able to you know, point out that inconsistency. And that's really disturbing that this happened in a city where there were witnesses and it was easily documented. And what has been happening, in, as I said before, in these rural hinterlands in the desert region? Another example, and I did an interview with a former and ousted CBP internal affairs officer, um, James Tomshack, who was pushed out of office after criticizing the Border Patrol, their use of force guidelines and the way that they were covering up uh, these, these, these instances of lethal force or how they were disciplining their agents. And he told me that he was charged with cooking the books. And those are his words. He was told by then-acting um, Border Patrol chief to actually cook the books and to make these, the, the number of instances of, of corruption down from what he was counting as 80 down to around 20. And so these are two other examples of where, like, beyond that individual, that list of individual events that you, you read off, we're seeing that there's a problem with the way that they're reporting. And I think that we need to know, I think that we as a democratic society can handle the information and should have a more informed, more engaged conversation with our government about how we're spending the money, about how we're using this incredible show of force. Um, I, I think it's the responsible thing to do. It's not something that I'm trying to just attack the Border Patrol or malign the Border Patrol. Um, you know, I, I might want to do that on my own time, but this right now, this is a call for, let's have an informed conversation, because I don't think we're having that, and we need more information. You also wrote, I, I believe, that uh, this same whistleblower that you spoke with, uh, James Tomshek, said that he had read memos uh, that maintained the policy of shooting to kill people throwing rocks. Uh, so it, it wouldn't right. be just random, disobedient, rogue, bad apples uh, engaging in such practices if, if that's what they've been instructed as, as agency policy in memos, right? Right, yeah, there, there's, you know, uh, the, the, the use of force guidelines, they're, they're changing a little bit now, but for a long time, um, they go well beyond what any other law enforcement agency in the country um, has. So they, they respond to, as you point out, rock throwers with lethal force, with, with gunshots. Um, there's an example here, I'm based in Arizona, there's a famous example in a, a few years ago, 
where an agent actually shot, and this isn't the only case where this has happened either, a rock thrower uh, through the border wall. So the, the, the border wall is, is, is post, and you can actually you know look through them or stick your hand through them. And he supposedly saw a young man, a 16-year-old man, shoot or th- throw a rock. Um, and, and that's allegedly, we, we don't know, and there's a lot of um, reasons to doubt that actually happened. He shot him, um, he, he pulled the trigger at least 14 times, shot him numerous times in the back and the back of the head. And the way that the Border Patrol responded to that was in an internal disciplinary action. And they didn't actually give up the name of the officer for over two years. So the family didn't know or the public didn't know the name of the actual officer for two years after he was he, he shot a 16-year-old boy on the other side of the border. And that's not the only time that happened. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the use of force guidelines are, are, are much more uh, liberal than any other law enforcement agency. And that's one of many of the examples that I've already mentioned and I could go on to mention um, that, that the agency is, is, has an air of lawlessness. Has a, there's a sort of a, an unofficial code of what happens in the field stays in the field. And, and that's not okay. That, that's, that's not how a democratic society should work. We should have transparency. And this is, this is an agency that has repeatedly showed itself to be one of the least transparent, maybe the least transparent, maybe except for the CIA, of, of our national agency. It, it seems in many of those regards to have more in common with the U.S. military, including the CIA as part of the military, right. than, than with other agencies. Uh, and, and you write that the, that the national security excuse is used for secrecy, and presumably the idea that they are combating some enemy and therefore must uh, be secretive. Um, is there also this, this notion uh, that the people they are going after don't have constitutional rights, so they are free to violate the Constitution under the theory that, that foreigners and enemies don't get to have such rights? I think so, and you see it from the top down. I mean, the, the, the president of our country uses xenophobic, nationalistic, denigrating rhetoric uh, about people who are crossing the border. And, and many of these people who are crossing the border are coming over because they have family here, because they have of uh, little job opportunities in their home countries, or they're fleeing violence. And, uh, you know, there, there are international regulations that demand that these people should have the right to ask for asylum. Um, and, and, and that's another problem that we're seeing here, is that Border Patrol is working, and there's, there's allegations now, and there's, you know, a, a lot of reporting that needs to be done about Border Patrol working to actually deter people from making asylum claims. Um, and then it, it goes a little bit into the interior as well, is that um, judges in the um, Executive Office of Immigration Review or immigration judges are systematically denying people's asylum claims, and they're just you know, denying them out of hand. And all of this, the nationalist rhetoric of the president, the xenophobic rhetoric of, in, in, in that gets reported on the press, the, the judges and the ICE raids and the Border Patrol agents, all of it, builds up and, and does exactly what you mentioned. It creates this this idea of an enemy, of something that of some people that need to be protected from. And that enables, further enables, people who are armed, people who are often military veterans, people who have complete 
lack of oversight, almost complete impunity in, in, in some instances, to act when in, in, in these very rural regions. And, and that's a really dangerous cocktail. And, and that's something that, um, that needs to be changed. I mean, we need to start seeing these people as um, people who have rights, as people who are moving for a reason, whatever that may be, should be addressed, as people who um, should be treated with respect, as people who should not be uh, detained in humiliating conditions, which is another problem um, that, that the Border Patrol is, is repeatedly warehousing folks in unsanitary, these, you know, really filthy um, short-term holding facilities, lights on 24-7, tiny little blankets. Um, so, you know, we, there, there's, there's so many different angles here, and all of it is adding up into we don't know what's going on, we're spending tons of money, and tons of people's rights are being trampled, and people are dying. And, and as I sort of started off saying, We've tried to go through the proper channels to, to understand really what's going on, and it's not working, and it hasn't worked. And I think there are agents of conscience who, who see what's happening and say, this isn't right. I don't feel good about this. Uh, I, I don't want to treat people like this. I saw my fellow agent do this horrible thing to a person. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we're making this open call. We, we're, you know, not just to the nation and not just to me, but anyone to start speaking out. Yes, and then you've got a website at thenation.com slash tips where people can confidentially right. uh, leak information to The Nation magazine. Right. Um, the, the whistleblower you spoke with, James Tomshek, uh, said that some of the worst incidents anyway that, uh, that have occurred have been the doing of military veterans who, who were then right. later hired by Customs and Border. Uh, and... Uh, yet there's this push in Congress to make a special waiver, uh, it, it, to make it easier to hire more veterans, don't give them polygraph tests that are given to all other applicants and so forth. I, I mean, what would be the, the logic there? That if you've been in the military, lying is not as bad? Or what, how, what, yeah. is, the, what is the case for that? Uh, I, I, I don't see the case, and I, I don't see the logic there. Um, the, 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 what I think the the push of this, this bill, which is to exempt uh, veterans from the stricter polygraph requirements so they can become agents more quickly, is wrapped up in this huge anti-immigrant wave of, of that, that is, we've been seeing from you know, the top down. And uh, Donald Trump wants to build a giant wall, he wants to add 5,000 new agents, but they have a, a difficulty in, in hiring enough because there's so many people who have, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a number of different cases where people have been actually hired by some of the, the cartels in Mexico to infiltrate the Border Patrol or um, have past drug problems. And um, hiring these people to enforce an international boundary just doesn't make sense. And so they haven't been able to hire as quickly as they've wanted to. And so they're trying to make this exemption so they can just hire all these veterans as quickly as possible. But as, as James Tomchak pointed out, the majority of cases in which there, there, there's serious grievances or there's serious offenses um, have to do with military veterans. So it doesn't make sense, but they're just trying to find a way. Ha they have money. They're throwing money at the problem. And, you know, they're not exactly sure what to do with that money because you know, they build a wall. There's already plenty of wall, and walls don't really work that well. So they're throwing it at technology and they're throwing it at agents. And both of those are problematic. We've been talking about the agents 
and why, you know, there's, there's problems with corruption, there's problems with trying to properly vet them. But with technology as well, that's a whole other conversation. They've wasted tons of money on absolutely boondoggle operations to create smart borders, quote, smart borders, where they're able to catch people walking across if they trip a sensor and they end up catching cattle. They um, have completely ineffective surveillance towers. They fly drones over, and we just do not know how effective those are. I mean, you're, you're talking about a 2,000-mile-long border, and you're flying a drone over, and you're trying to catch 15 people who are walking in a desert canyon. I mean, we, we just don't know the how effective that is. and But what we do know is that it's, a, it's costing a lot of money. So, um, and there, there's a lot of uh, private enterprises, private corporations, who are just chomping up a bit right now. There's a recent border security expo in Texas where they, a number of private corporations just basically laid it out, laid out all the technology they could do, and were waiting for government checks, government money. But, again, I think we need to slow way down. I think we need to have a more informed conversation. We need to stop throwing money, and when you start really looking hard with a critical eye on what's going on. And, and that is, we can't do that unless we have more information. And that's, that's the call for the whistleblower. And, and how much do we know about the use of drones? We know that this agency, as you said, is operating in other countries where the U.S. uses drones, drones for all kinds of things, including uh, sending missiles into people's houses. We know that it's loaning drones to local police departments in the U.S., that it's, uh, right. that it's covering territory where two-thirds of U.S. residents live. Uh, do, we, do we know that none of these drones are armed in any way, lethal or otherwise? Do we know who's being surveilled by them for what purposes? You know, you know we don't know. We know what they tell us, but we don't know. And, and, and one of the points I make about the drones in the article is that uh, there was, you know, the, the, the drone program, when the CBB started to use it in the, the mid-2000s, um, they lied about how much it was costing. So we don't know when they tell us that they're not armed or when they tell us that they're only used within a certain range of the border. Um, we don't know actually what's going on. We just know what they tell us. And the, the, the number, and this is extremely difficult to really get to the bottom of because of all these issues with transparency, but the number that we know is that um, is estimated that 20% of the, the flights that the Border Patrol, SVP, um, you know, the drone flights that they do are outside of the border region. So that's one of every five flights is not actually flying directly on or near the border. And what are those drones doing? We don't know. We know that they've loaned them out to the police department, as you've said, but we, we really are in the dark here. And, and that's one of Again, just a laundry list of unknown, yeah. and, and that's why we, we need to get more information. We, we've got about one minute left. Do you want to make a pitch to potential whistleblowers and, and advise them what they can do? Sure. I mean, the, the thing is, too, and I, I, I would suggest that anyone who wants to blow the whistle on the agency proceed with caution. You know, we have set up a secure confidential tip page. You can tip anonymously. Um, there's a number of other very great organizations. You can go to The Intercept. They have very secure methods. You can contact them or The New York Times or even other many other newspapers and magazines and media outlets. Um, and so do so, proceed with caution, but you know, really take into account that 
here, I think, like, a lot of people probably walked into the Border Patrol because they had some sort of patriotic sense of duty. Um, and I think it's the most patriotic thing that you could do if you're a Border Patrol agent to inform the public, to try to engage the public in a democratic conversation. Um, and I, this is something I mentioned in the report, too, is, you is that, that, the, that there's a long history of whistleblowing, and there's a long legacy of, of patriotic whistleblowing. This is what I hope we can get here, we can get someone who can, who can speak to the American public the way that we deserve to be spoken to. I certainly hope so. John Washington, his articles are read in The Nation magazine. Thank you very, very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thanks for having me. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.